Welcome to another episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast. This one, this one really hits home for me because I think that uh, a lot of people are struggling with this right now, and that's emotional eating and binge eating and boredom eating. And you know, oftentimes this is something that uh, a lot of people they hide in the shadows with this one. And there's no need to hide because it's 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 actually more common than you may think. You know having a full bag of cookies at the end of the night or, uh, you know, eating a full bag of chips in silence, you know, those kinds of things. So I had on Deanne Elsner, who's a therapist in Cochrane and Calgary. Um, she's got her MSW. She really helps people who are struggling with these kinds of things because oftentimes it's, it brings a lot of shame. And that shame, it's something that we need to bust because I'll tell you that that's how I was. I was an emotional eater growing up. You know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, a lot of food. And when I moved out, when I was a grown up, I ended up being like, well, I can eat whatever I want now. And I can eat this full pumpkin pie in one sitting. And I can eat eight pizza pops and three foot long subs. Like this is real. This is a real thing. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't even get really any satisfaction out of it, but I just ate and ate and ate so much when I was growing up. So this one, I think will bring a lot of value to people. Uh, binge eating, emotional eating at this time with, you know, COVID-19. It's kind of hard. It's mindless eating. Uh, So how do we get in control of that? And I think that we touched on some real, real serious topics on this one. So I hope you enjoy, enjoy this one. You can learn how to get a better relationship with food just by, you know, listening to some of the tips or, you know, even reaching out and getting help yourself if you find that that's going to be uh, a value to you. So uh, with COVID-19, Deanne's practice has changed a little bit. There's some Facebook lives that she's hosting right now. Uh, Sounds like those are on Thursdays. Uh, So if you need more information, you can check out her Instagram handle. I believe it's Abundantly Alive. So check out Deanne Elsner. She is also, she is a member at Orange Theory where I am a coach of. Uh, So we did touch a little bit on fitness and, you know, the meaning of fitness in her life and my life and and what that means. So we do know that the studios at Orange Theory are closed at the moment. So some of the stuff may be a little bit dated because we recorded this one in early March. But I still think there's a ton of value here. Hope you enjoy. Make sure you share this podcast with someone who, you know, might be struggling with emotional or binge eating at this time. Or, you know, make sure you give a a five-star rating as well. Leave a comment, those kinds of things. Here's the podcast. Um, so yeah, I think that that was an important distinction to make between emotional and binge eating too. And I guess kind of, you know, I think what, what comes out of that too, and, and I'm not the expert in this, I, I'd love to hear your point on it too, yeah. is, is the shame, is oh, the guilt that comes yeah. into it too. Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh man, it's, it's so, there is so much shame attached. And I think that's why it's really hard for people to reach out. Mm. Um, and it's really secretive. So people don't talk to each other about like hey I went home last night and I ate like seven bags of cookies like we don't talk about that with each other and the more secretive something is the more shame shameful it is Mm -hmm. so um, I've heard the analogy it's like a gremlin you know or you know when it it's hiding deep inside there um, it just has so much power until it sees the light and then you know remember the old gremlin movies and then yeah. it, it kind of dies mm-hmm. from the light but being able to talk to other people being able to share your story because the psych people get caught in a cycle mm-hmm. and a pattern of um, and it's become so overwhelming and big it feels so hopeless and stuck but they yet blame themselves for it yeah, yeah. so you yourself you're uh, 
mental health therapist or your counselor? Like, how, how should I refer yeah. to you as? A therapist. Therapist, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you help people through these struggles? Absolutely. Yeah. So I run a group um, through the Silver Linings Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a binge eating group. Mm-hmm. But we also talk about relationship with food, all those sorts of things. And then I also, in my private practice, I, I also work with a lot of people who are struggling, men and women, um, in secret with with this. Mm-hmm. Um with this. And, and in Calgary, like I said, the eating disorder program doesn't have a binge eating component to mm-hmm. it. So there's not a lot of um, places to get help in the medical system. Yeah. Except for if you go to the obesity clinic, there's not a lot of good supports there either. Uh, so. I understand. You know, and it's funny too, I, I think back to, thanks for the coffee, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got to keep you perked up. Um, one of the previous episodes of the Calgary Fitness Podcast, I actually had on. Um, an addiction specialist, mm. and we talked about like his his specialized uh, specialty was in you know opioids and uh, you know um, sexual indulgence and those kinds of things. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of parallels when it comes to that and bingeing because this is almost um, it sounds like it's almost hack, it's addictive behavior, yeah. and you're almost you're at the point where it's like you you're shamed, you don't want to talk about it, and yeah. and people don't really know that there's a problem sometimes. Yeah, exactly. They're struggling in, alone, and mm-hmm. if they just if I, if I could just be better, you know, have more motivation or willpower. But there is that is a really good point about addiction because I think we look at it kind of as a behavioral addiction. So mm-hmm. things like gambling, sex addiction, um, eating. There we look at they might not have the actual substance in your brain that's creating the feeling, mm-hmm. but they still change the brain. They still impact the brain. Yeah. So in this case with food. Um, there's many components of the of of kind of uh, behavioral addiction. One of which is that we know with eating, it does release in our in our um, in our brain feelings of well-being and peace, and um, it releases dopamine, and so it actually does make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and you know this is I haven't really shared this with a lot of people, but myself, yeah. I suffered binge eating, emotional eating. Um, so I'd say about 10, 15 years ago, um, when I left home from my mom's house, um, for some reason, something clicked with me. I'm an adult now Mm. and I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And it got to the point where it was pastries and Mm. like, this was my diet from Mm. morning till night. It was pastries and you know, so on and so forth. And I would no word of a lie when I was in college this was my diet yeah. a full pumpkin pie a wow. full one yeah a you know a large glass of orange juice and pizza pops wow. and I wasn't I it, like I look back and I'm thinking why why did I do that and I think it's just because there was something in me that was you know you're free you can do what you want and I, I you know I look back at that now and it's like my relationship with food was broken you know it was not understanding the nutrients that went into it. And I, and I think I'm at, I'm at a better place now, but mm-hmm. I wish I knew this. I wish I knew there was support back then and help and everything like that. Yeah, and I think what you're describing, of course I don't know your particulars of your story, but is actually a common theme that we see people um, rebel through food. Mm-hmm. So there's like a part of them that feels that, you know, that I get to rebel and eat all the food I want mm-hmm. and I can experience freedom that way. And maybe push back from, and again, I'm not talking about your background, a more restrictive background or the restrictions that they've put on themselves. Mm. 
So it gets to be very complicated. So there's the neurological pieces, yeah. and then there's the social pieces, there's the family pieces. So it, it is a very complicated, I, and if there's one thing for people to take from this, is that this is a complicated thing. And our relationship to food, if you think about it, our very first loving relationship was the act of our mother feeding us. How profound is that attachment? How profound is that demonstration of love is through eating? So of course this is going to be a very complicated thing to work on, a very complicated thing to work through. Yeah, and I think yeah. that, um, how do you recognize personally, yeah. if, if, if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, they're not sure, they're not sure. You know, maybe at night they've got, they, they reach for the snacks or the, you know, sugar, sweets, whatever, or salty, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, how do you know, where do you draw the line in the sand between, I'm just having something after dinner and, you know, this, this may be into binge or emotional eating. I think it's the awareness, mm. right? So I often, I tell, you know, first of all, I don't ever make a distinction between like good or bad foods. Mm. You know, food is just food, right? And there's food that provides us with more nutrients and can really fuel our body. And then there's foods that are like awesome. They taste good, right? And so <laughs> sometimes that, you know, we can accept, we can acknowledge like I'm full, so I'm feeling inside my body. I'm not particularly hungry. I'm a little bit bored, I'm a little bit restless, um, I've had a stressful day, and I'm going to choose to eat some ice cream. Mm. And I'm gonna eat it slowly, and I'm gonna enjoy it, and sit down with a bowl, and I'm gonna really allow myself, guilt-free, to eat the ice cream, knowing full well it's for my emotions. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's case one. Case two is that, oh, I re recognize that I had a stressful day, so I'm gonna go do something um, nurturing for myself and not eat the food and then the, uh, the case that you're I think talking about is that you know I just feel uncomfortable in my mm. body I'm unaware and I'm just gonna eat I'm just eating I just find myself eating something and I kind of come out of my I might be numb or like oh I just ate a bag of cookies so I think that's where I make the distinction is when mm. we, we choose it and we all do yeah. we all do because oh, yeah. food is like awesome mm -hmm. right awesome and I love the point that you made too about there's no good food there's no bad food mm -hmm. right I think that I'd love to talk a little bit more about that too mm -hmm. because I I know we talked about this before we got started but I work in the media yeah. we are I and I'll say this fully right we are to blame for the for a lot of the messages but not you not me personally <laughs> yeah. yes of course right yeah. but you know the magazine covers on the stand when you're going to the checkout right and then yeah. You know the positioning of the billboards when you're downtown and and you know just everything the messages that you see on Instagram and Facebook and, and everything like that it's just it's it's tough to really feel good about yourself if you're just fed these messages that there's good food there's bad food here's the timing and so on and so mm -hmm. forth and and there is obviously there's some nutrition science behind that yeah. too right and I'm not trying to say that or you know diminish that at all but I'm just trying to say that there are people out there who are really, you know, it's, it's these messages bombarding yeah. them, right? And I guess what's your what's your approach on that? I guess if if they're feeling like, yeah, you know, lesser than with the with the messages, what do they do? Yeah, that's a really good question. And so now this is where I get a bit on my soapbox. Are you okay with Please, it? Please, okay, share away. So I have a bit of a, I'll I'll say the f word. It's the feminism perspective on this. 
And I secretly believe that if, um, if we do not believe that we are enough, if we, okay, let's just say for, for everyone, if, if I woke up this morning and everyone in the world woke up this morning and we were and like, darn, I'm good enough as is. I don't need to like go on that diet. I don't need to buy the top end clothes. Heck, I can just wash my face and head out for my day. If we all woke up and felt good enough as is, we, there would be, how many businesses do you think would go out of business mm. instantly? Like blockbuster video, done, boom, gone, mm. right? So we are in a culture where they not only have to sell the products, but they have to sell that we are not good enough in order to create a market to then sell us things, more and more things. So that was my little soapbox. So my act of resistance against our culture is self-love, is to be, to love myself. Mm. And, um, and that's hard work. Yeah. It's as hard work to love ourselves as it is to go on a diet, buy all the makeup, do all the things to try to fit a norm that is, you know, airbrushed mm -hmm. and um, computer generated mm -hmm. and in perfection and what is that photoshopped yeah, right totally. yeah. so trying to measure up to that if you you can put your energy towards that or you can put your energy towards you know being okay with who you are yeah as is. I love that you said it's a process oh yeah because it, and, and that's probably the hardest thing is to, to actually say look in the mirror and say I'm I'm proud of what I've accomplished I, I love myself I you know, but it is. It's work. It's just like anything else, and, mm -hmm. and you won't see the results unless you put the work in. That exactly that point, and it's a life journey for most of us because mm -hmm. we've been sold that again. Sorry about that. Uh, that we're not good enough from day one, really, right? Mm -hmm. um, those are the messages that we've received. We have to un deprogram ourselves, mm -hmm. and this is our this is our life journey. So I think, like, where do we want to put our energy towards? Do mm -hmm. I want to put my energy in towards? being something that I never will be. And I could get a lot of plastic surgery and do all that stuff, but I'm never gonna fit that. Or can I have a happy life with, with being okay with me and feeling comfortable in my own skin? Yeah, and it's, it's funny too, is like that was my communications degree too, was like learning about what the impact the messages is, uh, the message impact can have on people, um, well-being and that was really interesting like I did a full degree on you that did, to, yeah. oh, to understand that and I think that we as the media need a responsibility too mm -hmm. and that's why I started my fitness business was to share what I believe is right mm -hmm. and what I believe needs to be the direction that a lot of people should be taking because you know I, I've made mistakes too right when I first started too it was all about the looks and it was all about you know six-pack fabs and, and everything like that but now mm -hmm. when I have a family and I have kids and it's you know teaching my daughter yeah to have a positive body image yeah. right you know helping my wife she's pregnant right now you know realize that her body is enough once after she has that baby right whatever and, it's gonna be oh whatever it's gonna be like right because it's a miracle uh, it is a miracle yeah yeah and to really really just you know I think that people need the world the world needs people like you and you as, right to yeah. come out and actually say that it is okay to be you and this isn't this isn't promoting and that's the argument I've heard is that yeah. sending messages like this may is like promoting obesity and it's and it's <sighs> not that's yeah. not the point of this at all right the point is to say that you are okay as is yeah. if if and like 
I, I heard about, I was listening to a podcast on the way in here, and there are 22-year-olds getting plastic surgery. I know, right? And that is, so it just, it blows my mind. I know, right? So I'm just, you know, how does, mm. where does someone start? Where does someone yeah. say to actually love themselves? If yeah. they're, they can't even look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah, right. Right? How do they, how do they start? That's a really good question. How do they start? So I think it's, um, you know, it's a daily, it's a, like you said, it's um, choosing to put that energy. And maybe they can't, at the beginning, look at their outsides and authentically mm-hmm. say, like, darn, I'm looking good today. Or, you know, but it's f- focusing on the parts that they do like. So maybe they like their eyes. Or maybe um, they like their kneecaps. Or, you know, maybe yeah. that's all they can start with, like, yeah. their fingers. I've always been told that I could have been a finger model. If I, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe it's their fingers. Mm-hmm. If I didn't uh, break it playing basketball, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Yeah. But like maybe it's their fingers, but that's the outside part. Mm-hmm. The other part is to become the human being um, who you are proud of, mm-hmm. who you want to be, right? So, um, you know, being showing up in your relationships, showing up in your work, showing up in your life in a real way and taking that energy from there. Mm-hmm. And if that's your starting point, so maybe you're kicking butt at work, you know, that's where we start, like noticing that rather than noticing all the places where you are falling short. And what I always tell people is, you know, when we look at Instagram, what we see is like the smartest person at this, the, the person with the best butt, the person with the best eyes, the person with the best hair, the person, this isn't one person, we're comparing our parts to 70,000 parts out there. And you know what? We're going to fall short of all those things. Yeah. Right? So start with the things that you're good or that you actually do like mm-hmm. about yourself and pay attention to that. And then if that's getting... And surround yourself with people who see those parts, who um, bring those parts out, mm-hmm. who um, help you honor those parts, and maybe deciding to end some relationships or lessen them that are not helping you yeah and, and I love that you brought up the Instagram thing too because something that I think is don't compare your day one to mm-hmm. somebody's day 365 yes you know yeah. and that's that's and also don't compare your 365 to their 365 because oh my goodness there's 7.7 billion people on this planet and we're all freaking different yeah right so to say that you are the same or you need to be where they are is just it's it's unfathomable to think about that right yeah i think the whole act of comparison which is now i'm, I'm afraid of getting back up on my soapbox so but the whole Bring act it. of comparison i love it okay yeah <laughs> uh, so the whole act of comparison which is i think the invitation to do that is so great through a media like Instagram, but the whole act of comparison is just a very um, difficult place to go mentally because mm-hmm. it takes us away from our own accomplishments and where we're at. So we're, like you said, comparing my day. So my day one, we've met through the gym, so you can tell. Yeah. My day one at the gym, I could only do cow push-ups. That's why I call them cow push-ups because they're actually called box push-ups. But mm. I actually felt like a cow and I did mm. them. Not like because I was bigger or anything, yeah. but just because I was like, you know, yeah. I was literally my, you know, that was my day one. And I still remember that. But I, um, if I can walked in and compared my cow push-up to the person beside me doing full-on push-up, I might have been done. Yeah. 
and you know exercise for me is one of the greatest gifts that life has offered me mm-hmm. and I would that would have destroyed that possibility so um, comparison is anytime we notice ourselves comparison comparing ourselves I ask to stop stop and notice that become aware awareness is our biggest thing oh I'm comparing myself to Kim Kardashian you know uh, that's not so super healthy I'm gonna compare myself to how I was day one I'm day you know I'm day three years so I can I can compare that but I'm if I compare myself to the person at the gym that was like faster than me you know what I mean I would always be coming up short so very good point. Yeah. Comparison is a problem. And the thing I like to say too is, I'm not telling people to get off Instagram, right? Mm-mm. If that gives you yes, joy, yes, yes. go ahead. But maybe try to unfollow one to five people a day that just aren't providing you value, yeah. right? The things that you look at that you look at their post and you're thinking, I want to be like that. I need to be aspire to be like that, yeah. right? And to the point where it brings you shame and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, disgust with yourself, then that's the point where I say it's time to click that unfollow button because yeah. at the end of the day, you're not going to miss their content, right? right? You're not going to, you're not just focus on the genuine people who love you, who provide you value yeah. and that, that will set you up, right? Even if you're not working on yourself, yeah. doing that is actually working on yourself. That's a very good point. And I, I want to say that about Instagram too. Um, as well and I also think there's value in like putting makeup on to feel good about ourselves too so I want to I want to just Please. be clear because there is so much amazing content on Instagram yeah. even in the fitness realm which tends to be a little bit on the body appearance side of things yeah. there's some amazing people that I follow um, who have really positive messages about bodies and I, I follow some amazing things that I'm just enriched my life so mm-hmm. much. So I think it's true making a decision to cut out some toxic or hurtful messages yeah. and focus again on the more positive people and messages in our lives. Yeah. For sure. And, and as a male, yeah. right, I, I went through a big purge probably, mm-hmm. you know, six months ago on my Instagram feed because... I'll just give one specific example. I was following a guy from Calgary, personal trainer. Yeah. I'm not going to name him, but um, he used to just post, and you know, good on him. This is this is this is what he wants to do. But he's a bodybuilder, and you know, all he would put up is workout videos of himself, mm. and it was to the point where I was like, I want bigger muscles like that, and then I stopped. Mm. And and that's the thing. Once you pay attention, it's like, well, I'm good as I am, and my strengths personally. I can run fast. I'm good at plyometrics. I yeah. don't necessarily need to lift those heavy, heavy weights, right? Like an yeah. overhead press and, and so on and so forth. So I think that once you recognize that, and now I'm better for it because yeah. I don't mindlessly scroll anymore, right? right. And I think that so that's... You're aware. I'm aware. When you scroll, like that your emotional reaction to things mm-hmm. and note that's the power of, that's the important thing is that noticing. And also... Our bodies are all different. So, you know, I'm never going to have the strongest upper body in the world and be like a a bodybuilder, right? But there's other things that I can do really well. And that's another example of focusing on, like, you're fast. That's awesome. I I think that that's what I need to be proud of. And lean. Like, you have some good lean muscle mass, right? And it also gives me an opportunity to, to say, all right, maybe I will try lifting next time. You know, instead of just doing the cardio. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I'm not saying I need to aspire to be like that, but I'm just saying, like, maybe I can try a little bit harder too. And that's, you know, that's, 
if it's for a positive, is if it's for a positive reason, yeah. then then that's okay too, right? That's okay too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all it's all in a gray. There's all a gray zone here. Yeah, it's a lot of gray. Yeah. So let's let's try to talk about yeah. like specific tangible things or you know tactics that people can do. Yeah. You know, because when it comes to emotional eating, let's let's take the angle of emotional eating first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are some you know, tactics that somebody can do at home if they're listening to this. Mm. Maybe maybe they're not ready to reach out for help, yeah. right? But they, they know maybe this is what's sparking them to say, you know, maybe I am an emotional eater. I guess, what are some tactics, you know, is it packing their lunch instead of buying it at a, at a fast food place? Or, or give me some examples there. Yeah, so um, there's lots of directions I can go with this question. Mm, so first of all, um, we tend to emotional eat we tend to eat more emotionally um, or don't eat what we want when we're like over hungry, right? Because of course, nat naturally, our brain is like, give me food. We're essentially animals. And if we're in a place of starving, then our brain is going to be like, give me that high carb, high fat, high sugar. I need that energy now. So that's where you end up at the, you know, at the, yeah, and, and you're more likely to, to react to your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is making sure you're tuned in to where you are on the hunger kind of full scale and bringing food um, with you, healthy kind of um, filling foods. So you're never getting to the point where you're into the starving hungers, uh, like to the point where you're so, so hungry because you're really setting yourself up to fail at that point. Mm -hmm. So um, having said that, um, when you... The other piece is just, again, I think it's just really slowing down and noticing and becoming more aware of why and when you're eating. Mm. That's the first step. So before you put anything in your mouth, I always tell people, like, you know, I'm not saying not to eat because I don't want to be that person that's like, don't eat, eat that because then that creates a pushback, right? Yeah. Like, I can eat what I want. Yeah. So I would never tell people not to eat anything. Just notice why you're eating. So are you eating because you're hungry? Feel it, you know, notice in your body, are you hungry? Um, if, you're, if you're not hungry, then, the, then this is a big question. What's going on? Are you lonely? Mm -hmm. Are you stressed? Are you bored? Are you tired? You know, and, and just become more aware of those emotional cues, mm -hmm. right? So we kind of go right past that and go right into the food before we've slowed it down to notice, like actually what's going on for me. And then again, if you feel, oh yeah, I'm bored, I'm gonna eat, then go ahead and eat the food, mm -hmm. right? But if you decide, hey, I'm bored, I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go for a walk or call a friend, or I'm gonna meet the need through something other than food. Yeah. That's the next step. But the first step really is just to slow things down. Sure, yeah, and I love that, go for a walk, call a friend, right? The, yeah. the, the thing that I like to do, I'll give you a perfect example, last night, right? Yeah. I finish my dinner and for me it's it's always been a little sweet after dinner right mm -hmm. so what I usually grab a handful of fruit or something like that right yeah yeah but um, last night I was like I want a bowl of cereal and that's my kind of mm -hmm. my spot where I say I enjoy this you know and um, but I stopped myself and I had a large glass of water before I did it mm -hmm. and I thought about it too and those are some of the tactics that I think are a lot are, are really important for people yeah. walk around the block have a large glass of water. Call someone or start to talk to somebody too because it doesn't need to be an immediate impulse because I think people beeline right for it, but it is. It comes back to that mindfulness of just being like, do I actually have to have this? 
It's so interesting that you say that at the end of the meal, because I yeah. think it's really hard for people to stop eating, mm -hmm. too. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because eating feels good, right? And yeah. then it's kind of this little sadness that happens, like, well, that was my meal. I don't get to eat again mm -hmm. till a long, for a long time, or I've, you know, I kind of don't want to stop, right? Yeah. So that's a normal feeling that we get. So I always tell people is, you know, give yourself full permission and remind yourself, as soon as you're hungry again, you're going to eat. You're not going to deprive yourself. And then if you need to eat, you're going to eat. And if you want to have the bowl of cereal, you can. Mm -hmm. That's a choice that you have. Yeah. So um, by limit, by saying, I can't do this, it's just natural that we're going to say, want it more. And we put a charge to it. Yeah. So that's where I ask people, just slow it down, take a little bit of a break, and experience that feeling of feeling sad you finished your meal. And then remind yourself that you can eat your grown person. Like when you're hungry, you can eat at any time. Yeah. And if you really want a bowl of ice cream, I always eat a, a little bit of chocolate. I love chocolate. Yeah. And I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, so I'm, gl I'm really glad that you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, and I think, you know, for somebody who's listening, they may be thinking, you know, this is just too above my head. I, I can't get there. I'm not yeah. at that point, right? Because yeah. it does sound, you know, a little esoteric to mm -hmm. say, just be mindful and but that's the work that's those are the steps that you actually have to take it's it's using your head instead of taking away something from yourself yes. it's, it's, it's realizing that you do have permission that it's okay yeah. but it's being mindful of it and i think that that's the biggest message that i'm getting out of this for sure yeah and i think it's just increasing awareness because i think we live up here like from our necks up and we don't really tune into ourselves and into our body and into our emotions and honestly we haven't really been taught that very well mm -hmm. and so um, you know we learn about how to read and write but we don't learn emotional literacy yeah. Yeah. so it's a it's kind of um, it probably sounds confusing and impossible and hard to start noticing and where you know am I full people are like what how do I start noticing if I'm full yeah. how do I tune into that because they're so up here all day Right? So, yeah, so that little act of just starting to notice mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. yeah. And I'd love to get your take on this. Yeah. And, and I'm throwing you a curveball. So, yeah. if you don't okay. know, if you don't want to talk about this, this is fine. But with my daughter, she's three and a half. Oh, yeah. um, one thing that I've really worked on lately is when she tells me she's full, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say you have to finish what's on your plate. Yeah. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that because I'd like to start her now at this age to trust her body yes yes right to yeah. actually say that if she's full i have to believe her mm -hmm. you know regardless of what and i know that it's you know as a parent you may be listening and you're like but they didn't eat anything right to us anything and yeah. i'm doing air quotes here to us it doesn't seem like a lot but their bodies are, are giving them those signals and i'd love to hear your take on that yeah so i grew up in the clean plate club era Mm -hmm. That was like, there's people starving in, yep. you know, yep. there's people starving in Africa and, you know, um, you get, you know, you're, you can be part of, in fact, there was a clean plate club. So I got mm. to join it by eating all my food on my plate and there was praised and given lots of um, reinforcement for doing that. And as a result, I feel like I really had to struggle to learn my own body cues. So my approach, I also have two children, two girls, so... There's a lot of thinking that I, that I do about this. Um, my approach is the same as yours. I, I provide the food and they decide how much they're going to eat. Now, again, 
um, the, the difference is, is that if they're eating a tiny, so I provide a whole realm of food mm. with all the food groups, and I give them access to sugar and to, to dessert most days after. However, my thinking is that we have to learn, eat our, um, or not all of it, but some of our growing food mm. before we eat our, um, our food that's like our fun food or, you know. So my only thing is that, yeah, you're not full, or you're full, that's great, but we're not going to really eat dessert because there's not room for dessert in there yeah. either. Yeah. And that you kind of get some of that fun food um, once you've had your, your growing food. Mm-hmm. Now, there's different takes on that. Some people are like, let your kids eat dessert before for dinner so they can take the charge out of it. But mm-hmm. generally, I'm like you. I, I feel like um, people who have the healthiest relationship with food, I've watched them eat, and they, they'll... They just stop eating mid-bite on something that they love. Mm. They just stop eating. And I've noticed that with my kids, even with dessert. Have you noticed this? Yeah. They're like, I've had enough now. Yeah. And I feel like clapping. Yeah. Because that's like super attuned to themselves. And that healthy relationship is going to help them have, a, 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 a I think, a better life because it's hard when you struggle with your relationship yeah. with food. And I think that's how it used to be in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. It was clean your plate or you don't get dessert or, yeah. you know, you haven't eaten enough. And I was the same way, right? You know, my mom provided the food, but it was like, you have to clean your plate. And I remember this one specific time, like my grandparents who were like, you know, 60s, 50s, those kinds of things. It was, you know, there was a sandwich that had mayonnaise on it and I didn't want to eat it I said I'm not I can't eat that I'm not hungry and they're like you have to eat this and it got to the point where I got so sick after and I think it was because of the stress because I kept being like I don't want this and it was like you have to eat this and it was Mm. just you know some we we I may be out on a limb suggesting this but we don't create a relationship with our food when we're young it's created for us What, what do you think about that well, that is, I would agree with that. It's a bit com- controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that we're not taught, uh, maybe more so now we're taught, but we're taught to eat. This is how much food you have. This is what you're going to eat, and this is how much you're going to eat, which really disconnects us from our own into our own wisdom. Mm-hmm. And there we have a lot of wisdom. But if you watch a child eat before we screw them up, they have the wisdom so they have it it's all there we mess it we muck it up for them mm. um so you know a lot of course we want our kids to have broccoli and all the foods that are nutritious but um you know helping them tune into that wisdom and teaching them moderation and teaching the value of different foods is really important yeah. but if we can kind of get out of their way in some ways they can do like you know they can manage this and our, our if we can get out of our own way um, and it, I think that's like a reprogramming, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like to, I heard, I was telling you earlier, the newest Jenny Craig commercials have, you just eat the, we give you the meal and you just eat when and where, how much and what we tell you. And then you're going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And um, what we do know from the science is that none of this works, right? Controlling our, controlling ourselves to this or having it this control does not work. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to have a relationship with food. What is my body wanting right now? Yeah. How much of it is it wanting? Mm-hmm. And um, and you know and, and 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 really learning to cue into our hunger and full cues. So. Yeah. 
And that's really intuitive eating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So it's called mi- there's like mindful eating and intuitive eating, and they're kind of used um, interchangeably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm curious too. Um, you know, if if somebody is in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s listening to this, yeah. You know, I invite them, and I, again, I'm not the expert, but I invite them to have that childlike mind again mm-hmm. and to experience food and listen to your body actually take the cues from your body right instead of focusing you know instead of trusting the habits right because Mm -hmm. the habits for somebody in their 50s and 60s are a little bit harder to break you know it's like I don't know it's like something you know how it is if you try to tell an in-law it's like hey you know try and do that and they're like no I'm stuck in my ways this is the way I do it so I'm yeah I'm, yeah, yeah yeah old dog new tricks kind of thing yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah I, I you know is it is it a lot of your clientele are they are they you know more experienced I guess are they older or are they can you, can you oh yeah there's a full range yeah. so I have clients that are you know teenagers all the way up to yeah like in their 60s mm. that have had a really difficult relationship with food their entire life um, yeah, so it is harder to kind of change. And typically the, um, the times where it gets really hard is if it, there's a tra- an early trauma that happens as well. So then that br- there's more emotions there that people are, when there's a, a trauma involved in someone's life, there's more emotions that are there to numb out essentially. Mm-hmm. So it gets harder to change those patterns yeah. without having some kind of intervention yeah. or not to say they can't do it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Now I know one of your passions is fitness and I want to get to yeah, that in yeah, a minute, yeah. but I, I do want to know too is like, what's the first step if somebody wants to reach out for help? Oh, like yeah. it's so easy to say, just ask for help, just ask yeah. for help. But if, if I'm in the shadows, and I'm depressed, shamed. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't want to share this with anybody. I guess, like, what would you suggest? What's the path? Yeah, that's such a good question. So there's a lot of um, places in our community that provide help. Um, so the first step I would say is call, contacting Access Mental Health. And Access Mental Health is kind of um, a centralized place um, that you t- talk to them a little bit what's going on for the, for you and then they would say if you're if you meet criteria for a public program or if you need a, um, a different program that might be a community-based program and then from there if none of those programs are really fitting for you you can look into other community-based programs do a little bit of a Google search find um, um, some private therapists and and typically a, commun- uh, a Google search would would help you with that mm-hmm. Uh, there are organizations like the Silver Linings Foundation. There's other ones as well that have subsidized kind of programming for people. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. Right. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I think that's important for people to remember too is like, you know, I've got some relatives that, you know, they, they, they do realize, they've identified that they need some help in certain areas, whether it's eating or otherwise. It's... Mm. But they just feel like they're they're going to be judged, and and that's something to remember too is that there's no judgment when it comes to therapy, when it comes to help. You, you we all need to talk. You know, whatever yeah. the issue may be, we all need to talk. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? At the end of the day, like we're uh, we're all just humans, right? Mm-hmm. We all suffer from. We all have to eat, and we all have to have a relationship yeah. with food, and. We all have to figure out and navigate the ups and downs and of life. We all worry, you know. Mm-hmm. So. 
people that you're talking to are you know they're they've been through lots of things and and they've experienced them through other people and yeah they're not there to judge they're there to help yeah yeah right i think um you know if you are seeking help sounds so cliche but Mm -hmm. really search out the supports and search out like you said a google search nobody is you know there's nobody on the other line just yet on that Google search, but at least you can reference. You can get that start, that starting point to say, hey, this is this is where I know. These are my resources. And then from there, you can always reach out to somebody. And another um, place is through Psychology Today, actually. There's a whole yeah. database of therapists you can access. You can mm. go through profiles. And the other thing is that we shop for therapists. Like Once you found a therapist, I would say stick with them because mm. kind of part of our job is to push you a little bit. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, you do get a right to decide, like, this person isn't the right fit for me. And having that right fit is probably 80% of therapy, really, is having someone who you feel isn't judging you, who's caring for you and understanding you. And that fit is really important. Now, once you've found the fit, we got to then stick with the process because it's not always easy. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, it's going to take work. Yeah. Right? Prepare to get uncomfortable. You know, that's, that's the point of getting past into you know a point that you want to feel a little bit better but you do have to put it somewhere yeah you do that's a good point about feeling uncomfortable because i think emotional eating binge eating it's those are coping mechanisms right they're ways that we cope um you know some people drink or some people you know lots of different th- ways that we as humans try to cope and that's some people's coping strategies and unknowingly yeah. Right? yeah. So it is hard when we say, hey, guess what? I'm going to take away your coping strategy and mm-hmm. just leave you there to, f- to feel your feels and to like experience your life without your number one go-to coping strategy. Yeah. So it does get harder. Well, of course, it, therapy doesn't really go like that. I'm not going to fully take it away. But, you know, we're working towards moving it and changing it. So mm-hmm. it do- is going to be a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the fitness, fitness. side of things. I, th- I know that this is a big passion of yours yeah. and we have that relationship outside, mm-hmm. um, you know, at Orange Theory. And I have seen, especially over the past couple of months, just a huge improvement from you too. Oh. Like I just, I love seeing, like for me when it just clicks, like that to me means a lot. So mm. tell me a little bit about, you know, where you are today and I guess what, what that means to you being, being a fit person. Person. Well, I'd love to talk about my fitness journey. I sound, yeah. I feel like I'm really super pretentious to say yeah. that. <laughs> like, let me tell you about my fitness journey. All yeah, right. <laughs> well, so about um, three years ago, I was kind of wanting to make some pretty big changes mm-hmm. in my life. And um, I did things like experiment with my relationship with sugar. That was a big one for me. Yeah. And, um, and then I noticed that there was a lot of big emotions coming up when I stopped eating sugar of all things anyways so I was kind of crawling out of my skin and feeling really uncomfortable and I had a lot of emotions so this is when I say like we're all humans we all have to eat like I actually went through this so then at that point I decided to to join a gym and I joined a six-week challenge it wasn't like just to kind of get fit not to necessarily lose weight Mm -hmm. and I was a beginner like I was if I didn't pay the whole money I would have walked at that Mm -hmm. point because it was so scary Mm -hmm. it was so uncomfortable and so hard Um, but I stuck with it and after a month I was hooked like absolutely hooked and the reasons I was hooked was because and I learned how important fitness is for our well-being 
Um, and so I am a, I really believe in fitness or exercise how and body movement however that needs to be um, because it helps us to um, helps us to manage some really hard feelings to be honest so after a workout if I have stress it's just left my body and if I don't work out for a few days I can feel myself tightening up and it's and then when you leave a workout you naturally get these endorphins so I actually took sugar and I replaced it with this exercise I mean I still eat sugar now but in moderation and so I, I and exercise also it's um it helps me with my sleep um, and to be honest, when I go to a gym and I, I feel really uncomfortable, and the orange leg workouts are very uncomfortable, and I push past the point of comfort, I, it inspires me in the rest of my life because yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can do hard things. Yeah. I can do hard things. Like I did that thing this morning at the gym, mm-hmm. and that was hard. So I can do a podcast, for example, that's mm-hmm. you know difficult and uncomfortable for me because I can do hard things. So those are the so that's why I'm so passionate wow. about fitness and I that's something that I really want to share for, with people mm-hmm. although they're not always ready for that. Yeah. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. And body movement to me doesn't have to be like going to um, a gym and lifting weights like I do. That's just for me, but it could be going out for a walk, walking up some stairs. Yeah parking a little bit further away yeah. and walking towards your destination yep. it could be you know it could be whatever it, you know yoga or but our bodies are made to move we don't exercise to punish ourselves for something yeah. that we eat yeah yeah we exercise to honor mm-hmm. honor this thing that yep. we are so lucky to have so that's my, I don't know if that answered your question. Uh, it's perfect. I, yeah. I love that. I love that. When people clue in and they, and they get it and they've over that barrier, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I mean, for fitness, it's a constant barrier, right? Because you're just, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing yourself out of the comfort zone the next time and the next yeah. time. And the next, and there's no upper limit. There's no upper limit, right? And yeah. it, it doesn't mean that, again, you have to punish yourself to get there, but no. it just means that... Moving your body is just, motion is lotion, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and feeling uncomfortable is okay. Yes. We can survive that. Like, mm. I'm not punishing myself. I'm not hurting myself. Yeah. But I, it's okay to push myself. Exactly. And it's funny, like, have you heard of TikTok? You have kids. Yeah, I've heard, heard of TikTok. TikTok? Yeah, so yeah. I'm on TikTok. Yeah, oh, okay. And, I, and it's it's all on my fitness page. But um, I posted something the other day where it was, you know, um, just a video of me saying, you know, keep up your weight loss journey and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I had some people comment and they're just like, I'm scared to start. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. That is, it is hard. And I'll, you know, I'll back up here a little bit and tell you about my first time yeah, yeah. working out. I, I think you'll get a lot of value out of this. Um, when I started on my fitness journey, so I was actually overweight. I was quite, but I, sorry, I shouldn't say quite overweight, but for me, I was unhappy. I was lethargic. I wasn't sleeping. I was depressed. Mm. It's 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I decided that it was time to make the change. So I went into a gym and I saw a guy doing the bench press with the bar yeah. and he had 45s on other side, the oh. biggest plate, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I waited till he was done. And then I was like, okay, well, if he did 45s, I'll just put 10s on either side. Like I'll be okay. And I tried to push I couldn't even get up one rep well the same guy came over grabbed the bar and said if you can't do the weight don't even try and I was like right but my point of my point was is just to say that didn't stop me 
that didn't stop me. Yeah. I kept going. You know, maybe I took a week off. I don't even remember. But um, I took a week off because I was discouraged, but I didn't quit. Um, but anyways, I posted this TikTok video, and somebody had commented. They said, I, didn't, I don't know where to start. Mm. And I said, it doesn't have to be as complicated as you think it does. Mm. Walk around your block, right? Sit down and stand up from your couch 15 times. Yeah. That's your workout for the first time, yeah. you know, and that's, that's all it needs to be. It's all Start with five minutes and then the next day is six minutes. Mm-hmm. The next day is seven minutes, yeah. right? It's just, it doesn't need to be reps and squats and push-ups and, and so on and so forth. Maybe you'll get there one day and Maybe. that's fine, but you know, to just start, it, it just Starting is the hardest part. It is. And don't you notice like when I watch people come new into the gym, I want to run up to them and like hug them because yes. I'm so, I feel so proud yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're overweight too, like fitting into the clothes is difficult. Like even just, you know, there's not, clo- strangely enough, there's not comfortable clothes for people yeah. who are overweight to go to the gym yeah. in. Mm-hmm. What am I going to wear? How, what do people think of me as I get there? And, you know, there's a lot of mental barriers that come with that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the, even if you make it to a gym, I always feel like I want to give them a big hug. <sighs> like, awesome, you made it exactly. here today. Yeah. Like, this is so amazing. Yeah. And the people to me who are inspiring are not the people, that guy I talked about earlier who was yes. doing the heavy weights overhead. That doesn't inspire me. No. It's the lady yeah. who... Got up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. She's wearing, you know, her PJ bottoms. Her hair is a mess, right? She's got yeah. no makeup on. That's what inspires me. Yeah. It's the someone who actually made the dedication to say, I can do this. I've got this. And whether they're, they're doing, we've got this one machine at the YMCA that I yeah. go to. It's like a hand peddler. Oh my gosh. And if they do that for 10 minutes, like, yeah. good on you. You yeah. moved your body. You like moved that is, your body. Yeah. You can row. Yeah. There's so many things. Exactly. You can walk the track. Yeah. There's, right? you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big for sure. It, it doesn't have to be find a friend yeah. and walk walk up some stairs. Mm-hmm. You know they have this the stairs. Walking is underrated. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. I think that you can get a lot. I think every anybody listening, start walking. Walking more if you're a busy professional, your 15 minute break, walk. Walk, yeah. walk, 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 walk. Yeah. Like whenever you can. Like I love this wearable technology now. Yeah. 10,000 steps. If you can Try for 10,000. It's a lot of steps, but at the same time, just try. Just, just try. try and move. And that's that's all it takes. Yeah. And the one thing I wanted to say, too, yeah, yeah, about, yeah. you may have noticed in some of the classes where I've got a new member in the class, too. Yeah. We celebrate them, yeah, right? We'll give them a round of applause. We'll let, we'll let them know that they did some amazing work. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the fact that they showed up I know. is awesome. You're the best for that. Okay. That's so great. Come on. Come on. I think that... I think that that's true. I think it goes back to where I started, mm-hmm. and if I had a cheerleader in my corner, yeah. that's what I want to inspire now, right? Is is not just a cheerleader, but a coach to say that yeah. you can do I this. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I believe in you, yeah. right? And you know, you may be getting all these messages from Instagram and so on and so yeah. forth, just saying that you can't do this, but you can. You're here. I've, absolutely, yeah. and you and I were both there too mm-hmm. we were both there too yeah. and you know day one this goes all the way back to you know day one and day how many right mm-hmm. so that's their day one yeah and you know if I'm running beside someone and I think about their day one and my day one and I'm hoping like I hope you don't feel discouraged because this is three years like I want to tell them like 
I want to tell you about my day one. I want to tell you about my push-up that I did mm-hmm. from my knees. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for being here. I wonder if there's like an ambassador role I can have. For yeah, right. Knows, right. There you go. <laughs> I could be an ambassador. Yeah, really yeah. Amb- yeah I think that's... Um, I mean, it just, it, it, it exuberates. I mean, even just now, you can see the smiles on our faces. Yeah. You can hear it in our voice. Because we've done the journey, we've right? We've done the journey. And it's not over, right? Oh, I, I want to train well into my 70s and 80s, and that's going to look a lot different when I'm older, and that's fine. That's fine. If yeah. if at that point I think that ballroom dancing is going to be what I want to do, that's fine. I don't care anymore. It's just... Underwater swim uh, <sighs> dancing? Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned underwater. I just want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of all over the place, yeah, but yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm training for a triathlon right now. Awesome. So in one of my previous podcasts, uh, the ladies over at Try It Multisport, yeah. they're um, right across from the Sonalta Sea train station. They well, First off, they buttered me up with cake, oh. right? Yeah. So I'm eating <laughs> yeah. a slice of cake, you know, yeah. talk about intuitive eating, yeah. right? I enjoyed that the heck out of Good. that piece of cake, right? Go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they asked me right on the podcast, you know, point blank, have you ever done one? Have you ever done a triathlon? I said, no. And they're like, you're doing one. You're signing up. We're signing you up. You're doing it, right? So that's where I am out of my comfort zone. I have that childlike mind again because I can't swim. Oh. I cannot swim. And I believe it's all a mindset. So I'm yeah. telling myself I can do this if I put in the work. Yeah. So the triathlon's in August. I haven't put pen to paper just yet, but I will. Yeah. Uh, I haven't decided which one I'm going to do. Um, but swimming is so underrated as well. Yeah. Water aerobics. Have you ever done water aerobics? No. Oh my goodness. Are they hard? Oh, it's tough. Yeah. It's Cause tough. you're using just the resistance of the water, the fluidity just to, you know, yeah, yeah, move yeah. that body. It's just nuts. So I think that's amazing because there's a lot of times when our mind tells us that we can't do things mm-hmm. and like I'm, or how we have this belief about ourselves. Like I'm not a swimmer. I remember I would say I'm not a runner you know, or whatever belief I had, I had no evidence of it because I never really tried hard at it, right? I never, I never, I didn't really try it. But, um, you know, pushing past that and like, yeah, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to try this thing. Mm -hmm. And however that might look, right? And then, yeah. I'm curious too, I'd love to hear your take on you know, challenging yourself when it comes to food. Like, yeah. what do you think about eating challenges and like, oh. you know, keto and, and oh, styles of eating and stuff like that? I'd, I'd love to go back to that angle. It's so hard because um, I feel like, again, where I, my, my home base is or how I feel about eating is really about honoring our, um, our, our own body, what our body wants to eat and when our body wants to eat. And I feel like a lot of these things kind of take us out of that, mm. which then creates this like, yeah, I'm going to have this win, but then I have to go back to eating, eating again. I can't do keto forever. I guess some people do who are diabetic, but there's only so long you can do keto or intermittent fasting. And then you're left with this big question like, okay, how do I eat now? Yeah. And so things like intermittent fasting, what if you're hungry? So you actually have these windows that you eat. And my belief is when we're actually physically hungry, that's our body saying, our metabolism and our body saying like, hey, I'm primed, I'm ready, give me some food, I need some energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason why our body's telling us that we're hungry. Mm-hmm. So intermittent fasting is like, oh, you can get used to eating in this window, but you're ignoring your cues. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think we're left with the same problem. And this is one of like a thousand reasons why diets aren't that ex- uh, successful. Yeah. Because at some point we're gonna either hit our weight 
or hit our goal and we have to come off the diet mm-hmm. you know we and then we have to live like yeah. what does that look like yeah yeah so that's anyways that's my take on yeah it. so go into the diets then i want to hear about this yeah. what do you think about jenny craig and weight oh watchers and those kinds of things yeah i'm i so i think that there's some value in um knowledge right like i'm not sure how good they are giving the knowledge about what foods are nutritious. Mm-hmm. Jenny Craig's, I think, you know, they just give you packaged foods full of sodium and they're just like, eat this and you'll be skinny. So I don't know if there's a lot of value in that for long term. Um, I mean, at least Weight Watchers, they give you some knowledge about what you're eating, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe, that, well, the research is so clear. This is the thing that's so funny about it. The research is so clear that diets do not work. Even if you lose the weight on the diet, 80% of the people will gain it, or it's even more than that, 80% Mm -hmm. gain it back. And then the people who gain it back, they don't look at the diets and the research and say, well, actually that got diet culture is flawed. Instead they say, what, I'm flawed. Mm -hmm. I was unsuccessful, right? But the actual diet itself is flawed, it doesn't work. It, act, it actually makes it worse for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, so I have kind of a harsh perspective about diets, to be honest, because I think it doesn't work, and then it t- sells you as the problem why it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess if somebody is, like, hoping to make a change, and, yeah. you know, I think it is hard to listen to your body because you don't know mm-hmm. where to start at the same time. So are there certain things that you recommend to follow, like whether it be meal prep or mm. you know portion control or anything like that do you recommend anything like that yeah what it, so i i think that it's good to um, connect with a good nutritionist mm. a dietitian i think you have someone on your um who you've connected with yep, on your Vinci. oh yeah Vinci's and she great. Has, she's along the same line yeah. of acceptance and so you have to be careful because there's a lot in that industry that can be giving you not so good messages. Mm-hmm. So you really want to learn about eating and what's going to be fueling your body and how to make your body thrive. Um, and then, so sometimes it is portion control, but not in the way that you would think. It's just creating a portion for yourself, sitting down with it, and slowing down with that food and letting yourself enjoy it and yeah. eat it and be with the food. So turn off all the distractions, mm-hmm. turn, you know, don't eat in your car, just allow yourself to be really present with that meal, mm-hmm. drink some water while you're eating, um, you know, and then stop and, and um, notice if you're full, yeah. how you're feeling as you're going. And so that to me is kind of portion control. And mm-hmm. if you're not full, in, in full, I don't think like bursting full, but just like comfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you're comfortable, then you know that's your that's your cue not to eat anymore. Yeah. Or if you're still hungry, then go have some more food. Yeah. And I think that um, you know my position has totally changed on food intake and so on and so. So I you know even when I lost a bunch of weight, I didn't have the best relationship with food when I did that, right? And it's I think. Now, all this time later, you have to be empathetic. You 
have to be empathetic mm. that everybody's going to be a little bit different in their journey, right? And what worked for me is not going to work for you, is not going to work for Mary Jane. It's just, yeah. you know, really listening to those cues and just, you know, trusting yourself, trusting your body to make the right decision for you. That's a hard thing because we are, again, the diets are based on not trusting. And sometimes yeah. what I do is ask people instead of like taking things out of their diet, mm. which is like diet culture, which if people have been on 17 diets, they're going to react to that. Mm -hmm. They're going to emotionally react to, to taking things out of their diet and push back a little bit of a rebel, right? Yeah. So instead I ask them to put things into their diet. So, mm. you know, make sure that they're drinking lots of water. Yeah. Um, make sure that they're eating more, so there's more colorful food in their life. There's more variety of vegetables and proteins. So they're adding things to their, you know, some healthy fats. So they're adding things, not taking it mm. away. So sometimes that's a good place to start too. I'm not a dietitian at all. So I'm not claiming to be that sure. at all. Yeah. But there is, it is, when you ask people to take it away, then there becomes a charge around it. Like if I put some um, donuts here and I was like, don't, don't eat that donut right there. Then all you would pay attention, well, at least for me, I'd be like, there's yeah. a donut on the right? table. Right. Like I, you're talking, but there's a donut on the table right now. And now I the donut's eat. talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even pay attention to yeah. you right now. Yeah. So that's kind of sometimes where... But I think you make another good point, and that is that we are going to be more successful at this journey when we can come at it from a place of compassion for ourselves and where we're at and what we're... You know, if we eat... So I ate the donut. You know, I ate the donut and... Um, and Oh, well. No big deal. No big deal. Game over, move on. I'm not going to eat 17 of them, yeah. right? I ate the donut, and it tasted awesome. And I have to be kind to myself when I, all the time, all, and offer unconditional kindness. When I make mistakes, when I don't do what I want to do, when I do do what I want to do, all the things. Because mm. I feel like we're going to get closer to good things in our life when we're kind to ourselves. I feel like trying to punish ourselves into making positive life choices, changes, is not gonna be successful. It just doesn't work for me logically. Awesome. Oh, that's a good place to kinda leave that with somebody's in their mind, right? Yeah. Let it be okay, right? And just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep like going. let it be okay. Love yourself and yeah. Yeah. Deanne, anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap it up here. No, thanks so much for having me. Of course. This, this was fun. great. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere that people can follow you? Are you on social media? Where oh, can yeah. they, Websites, those kinds of things? Oh, yeah. So my business is called Abundant LC. So it's short for Abundant Life Counseling. And um, so www.abundantlc.com and follow me on Abundantly a lot. Abundantly underscore alive on um, Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, thanks. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast. If you got some value out of this, I'd love it if you could share it with someone. Give it a five-star rating and make sure you check me out on Instagram at Slim Fitness. Have a good one.